Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. So we've been in a series called Building People. And the reason why we've been in a six-week series is because we started this church because we want to build people up. We don't want to use people to build a church. And that's something that we're passionate about is helping people discover their purpose and to say, you know what, we're not going to place positions, but we're going to place your gift. And so how can we build you up? How can you leave here today for a message from Monday morning? How could you leave here today saying, you know what, I'm ready to step into what God has from my life. And that's what we're passionate about. So this has been an amazing series. I hope you've enjoyed it. Next week, we're going to start a new series called Hashtag Blessed. And we're going to talk about the blessings of God, how to live a blessed life. And so we're doing the hashtag as a creative element. And so feel free to text our number 77453 and give me your funnest hashtag you've seen that is church friendly. Come on, somebody. But your funnest hashtag that is church friendly. Last week, we got a lot of entries because in November, we're going to do a series called At the Movies. And so we're excited about that. You guys pumped for that? At the movies. We're going to be taking a different movie every week. And we're going to be preaching on that using God's Word. I promise it'll be biblical. It'll be fun. But last week we said text MOVIE to 77453. And all the different entries came in. Lots of different entries came in. Too many entries for the notebook. I'm not doing that one, all right? Not doing the notebook. No way. But uh, that's a great movie. I wrote you letters. Where are they? No, no. And, uh, but also Goonies. Goonies was another one. And I've seen Goonies, like Goonies. Hey, you guys. Goonies, Truffle Shuffle. I won't be doing that, but I could. But I won't be doing that. But we're excited for At The Movies coming on up. October 29th, Sunday before Halloween, we're going to do Trick or Treat in the park. We've got some great things God is doing here at Avenue. But let's start, let's finish the series out by turning to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. If you've got your Bibles, and also if you don't have a Bible, past three weeks we've given away Bibles, and so we would love to give you a free Bible on your way out, and I'm just encouraged by that, that last week, uh, two individuals never had a Bible before said, can I get a Bible? They said, you bet, and it was awesome to give that. If you don't have your paperback with you, that's old school, get your phones out, get your iPhone out, your Android, and go to YouVersion app, use Facebook as your post, use Facebook posts for your notes, and let's get started. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. You guys there? Now how many know a quiet church is a dead church and your pastor's hard of hearing? So let's try that again. You guys pumped for today? Yeah. All right, here we go. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. This is Paul sitting in prison and he says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. So he's in prison, and they're showing their concern for him. And this is what Paul says. He begins to say, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. And here's the key. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstance. I know what what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secret. I love this. The secret of being content. The secret to living a satisfied life. How many know it's going to be a good word today, right? The secret to being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed, whether I'm hungry. I know some of you get hangry. We're praying for you, all right? Well-fed, hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, 
I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Another translation says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Can I get a witness, somebody? Let's pray over this word today. Father, I thank you for this message. Father, I thank you for this amazing church, what you're doing in the city of Las Vegas. The Father, I pray in Jesus' name that we begin to walk out of here content and complete in Christ Jesus. And I pray the Chicago Bears continue to beat the Steelers today. In Jesus' name, amen. You got to throw that in there, guys. Now, how many have heard that scripture before? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You guys heard that before? That is a very popular verse. It's a great verse. I'm excited to preach on that today. I got to tell you, we've seen this verse in scriptures on uh, some shoes. I'm a man. I, I think I bossed it last service, but is it Stephen Curry? Right? My man Curry, he's got Philippians 4.13 on his shoes. My man Tebow, right? Tebow. Tebow's got it on his face. And another powerful athlete uh, just a couple weeks ago, that guy, he wore it while he preached. Come on, somebody. Was that bad? Take that down. That was terrible. That was bad. I tried. 9.30 really liked it. But so there's a scripture that, take it down. Take it down. There's a scripture that you begin to see. Philippians 4.13. Phil 4.13. It's a popular verse that we begin to see in the sports world. I'm grateful that God is using men like Curry and Tebow to be able to share scripture with the world. But we're going to talk a little bit more about that scripture today. The scripture is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I begin to study this. I said, man, I can rock this scripture today. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so easy. But I had to realize this is what it doesn't mean. It means I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But this is what it doesn't mean. It does not mean I can do anything I want through Christ who strengthens me. So it's not a scripture verse we could take this and say, all right, I can do anything I want through Christ who strengthens me. God is not our cosmic problem solver. He's our Father. He's someone who will never leave us nor forsake us. He's there with us, but he's going to help you get through it. Why? Because all things uh, through Christ are strengthened in us. I kind of botched that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't know if you play softball. Anyone here play baseball, softball? Anybody? Come on, somebody. I'm going to start a team, all right? And uh, about a year into my marriage, my wife and I got married 10 years ago, and we rented a house, and I was trying to get to know my neighbors. In Vegas, you know how it is sometimes where you're like, hey, neighbor, and the neighbor's like, come back, you know? And so I wanted to share my life, share my Christ, and I went to go check the mail, and I saw my neighbors talking, and I overheard them. Talk about softball. And you know that was the Lord, because for me to overhear something is a miracle. It's amazing. So I overheard them, and I said, hey, you guys talking about softball? And they said, yeah, you play? I was like, shh, I play baseball. Yeah, you know, I can play softball. So they joined us to be part of their team, and uh, we went to the first game at the field. We didn't know anybody, and nobody knew who we were. So we showed up. It was kind of intimidating. Felt like I was joining a small group for the first time. Like, hey, I'm Jeremy, you know, and joined this team. And I was up the bat first between my wife and I. And so I stepped up to the plate. I'm ready. I played baseball before. I'm ready for it to zing by me. I can knock it out of the park, be a hero. Be like, aren't you glad I overheard your conversation? You know, and so I'm on the home plate. 
And all of a sudden they go up in the air. It was at that moment I realized it was slow pitch softball. How many know what slow pitch softball is? Where they throw it up in the air and it's up there forever. You could eat a sandwich, you could check your email. Until it comes back down and you hit the thing. And so instead of coming at you, it's coming from the sky and you gotta somehow hit this thing. And so I'm going, what in the world? And the ball is the size of my head, okay? It's huge. I should be able to hit this thing. So it's coming at me and I'm ready and all of a sudden it comes and I swing and I miss. And I thought to myself, you cannot strike out at slow pitch softball. (laughs) Jeremy, no. And so they're getting ready. They got the ball ready. And I said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All right, I need a Babe Ruth, I need a Babe Ruth moment, right? Just point, hit that thing, stay up, MVP. You know what I'm not talking about. And so I'm ready. And all of a sudden the ball comes and it pitches. And I'm ready. And I said, I'm going to crush this ball. It's the size of my head. It's coming really slow. I'm going to nail this thing. And I swing and I miss. There's a lot of pride that happens when that takes place. I didn't know I had pride until that exact moment. And so I said, you know what, that's two strikes. I'm not going to strike out. I got this. And the pitcher's looking at me like this, you know, because they're not like all Christians, you know. And so, and the umpire goes, you're out. And I said, no, I'm standing, I'm ready. And he goes, you're out. I said, no, it was two strikes. And he said, no, in slow pitch softball, two strikes, you're out. And so it even made it worse. I was like, already? And they're like, hey, moron, you know. So I went back to the dugout, and my wife's turn. I was like, baby, I'm praying for you. I'm with you, baby. And uh, there ain't no way. And so she stepped up to the plate, and the first pitch comes, and she's ready. She looks back and around, you know, and, oh, there it is. And she just, boom, knocks it out in the outfield. The, the guys in the dugout with their choice beverage saying choice words because they're surprised, going, what in the world? Run, look at her go. And she made it to second base. I'm sitting in the dugout going, apparently she can do all things through Christ who strengthens her, apparently. Wow. I had to realize that Lindsay played softball all through high school. I had to realize that Christ did not strengthen my wife supernaturally at that moment to humble her, her husband in Jesus' name. I had to realize that Christ did not strengthen her for that moment, but he gave her strength to endure all the practices, gave her strength to get through high school so that at the exact moment she could say, I'm better than you. I don't appreciate that. But Paul's saying that even if you're in the big leagues, if you're an amazing player, praise his name. But Paul's also saying if, you're, if you don't even have the strength to carry a water bottle to be the water boy on your team, Paul says, praise his name. That Paul's not talking about achievement. He's talking about contentment. I can do all things through Christ Because I am in Christ. Because Christ has strengthened me. And I am content in knowing who I am in Christ Jesus. So here's how do we do all things through Christ. Write this down if you're taking notes. Number one, be content. Be content. How can we do all things through Christ? Number one, be content. Here's Paul. He's sitting in prison. He's writing this letter to the city of Philippi 
where the Philippian church was. He begins to write this. He's saying, you know what? I, I'm not in need. I've been rich. I've been poor. I've been all these things, but I am content in Christ Jesus. He's also talking about money. Back then in prison, when Paul was sitting there in prison, the government didn't feed you. The guards didn't say, are you hungry? They would hang you by your shackles and leave you in there. So they had to depend on outside sources to begin to feed them, to send them money, to make sure they were doing okay in that prison. And Paul says, I've learned the secret to contentment. I can do all things through Christ. So contentment is powerful. Contentment means it's the ability to make do in all kinds of situations. That when we have Christ, Paul says, we have everything. What rich, poor, hungry, full, we have everything. Can you imagine the secret to, commit to contentment? That the entire world is content. They're looking for fulfillment. They're looking for satisfaction. They're trying different fads and different things. And the Bible says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But can you imagine if we can go into the world and say, I have the secret to a satisfying life, and that is contentment in Christ Jesus. You see, Paul had 99 problems, but contentment wasn't one of them. Turn to 1 Corinthians. I love this. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Here's Paul. All right, this is the man of God that we're reading. And this is what he says. Five times I've received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. 40 lashes. I don't know why he has to say that. He's like, it's $6 minus a penny. You know what I mean? Like, calm down. Five ninety-nine. Yes. He says, 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent night and day in open sea. I've constantly been on the move. I'm in danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger from bandits, danger from my fellow Jews, danger in the, uh, what did say? Danger from the city, danger in the country. Hide your wives, hide your kids. I've gone without sleep. I've known hunger. I've known thirst. I've gone without food. I have been cold. I have been naked. I've, he's, he's saying all these things. And the reason why he's saying this is because despite all that Paul's gone through, despite Paul's problems, he still believes I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He is content in knowing he's a Christ follower. I believe if Paul were to say this to athletes, if he was here today, he'd be like, yo, Curry, yo, Tebow, listen to this. After training my guts out and giving my all on game day, I could live with the results Regardless of what's at stake, I could play by the rules. I could win. I can lose. I could generally uh, I could treat coaches with respect, officials and fellow competitors with love. I could express gratitude regardless of the outcomes, all because of the strength I possess as a Christ follower. That's amazing. Maybe you're in a season now in your life where it's tough, where it's difficult. Maybe you're in a season in your life where everything is lining and falling right into place, but you're still not content. That God is saying through Paul, he's saying you can get through this season, you can get through it with Christ, because he'll never leave you nor forsake you, but he is fighting on your behalf, he is in your corner, you can do it by his strength and not your strength alone. By all things, you can get through it in Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Can I get an amen? Because we've got to be content with that. I'm going through hell or high water. 
but I'm content in Christ Jesus. The world may place an identity on you, but Christ will place an identity through you. So I'm going to get you through this, and I will strengthen you. Philippians 4.13, the message version, which is a paraphrased version, says this. Whatever I have, whatever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. The one who makes me who I am. That if we are content with Christ, if we say I can do all things through Christ, then we're content with what we have, we're content with where we are, and we're content with who we are. There's some power to having contentment in Christ Jesus. That the passage of Scripture isn't for success, but it's for identity. See, we have four steps at Avenue Church that we're passionate about. We're passionate about step one is knowing God. If we want you to step into a life of knowing who God is, and we hope to do that during our worship experience, during our prayer time. But when you begin to know God, then you begin to know freedom. You begin to find freedom. And I cannot tell you how amazing it is to know God, that God loves me, and that in knowing God, I can find freedom. Freedom from addictions, freedom from old mindset, freedom from me mentality, the freedom to say, you know what, that no matter what I'm going through, God has got my back. No matter what I'm going through, I am free in Jesus' name, and I am satisfied, and I am content. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So point number one, is uh, be content. But point number two is be complete. Be complete. Be complete. Second Timothy chapter 3 says this. In 16 to 17, it says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That whatever you're going through, God has equipped you. Whatever you're going through, God says, I'm going to get you through this, and you will be complete. My wife and I, uh, in our first year of marriage, not only did we play softball, but we uh, purchased this terrible thing called P90X. Everybody heard of that? P90X workout program. And I want to tell you today, I've been set free from that in Jesus' name. I'm content with who I am, and I'm content in being fluffy in Jesus' name. Can I get away with this, somebody? But, so we wanted to do this thing called P90X, and they have one DVD that I tried to hide, tried to throw away, but it's 60 minutes of plyometrics. Plyometrics, I didn't know what that, oh, that's cute, plyo, what's that? It's jumping for an hour. All right, so what's plyo? Hey, you want to jump for an hour, honey? I thought you'd never ask. Now, I don't jump. Even in praise and worship, I just kind of do the fat guy jump like that. That was it. You see that jump, right? Yeah, I'm jumping. So for 60 minutes, plyometrics. I thought there is no way. There is no way. My DNA and makeup just doesn't allow for this to happen. So we put it on. And next thing you know, I mean, it's like the guy in the DVD is like, jump, you know. So we're jumping. We're squatting. We did 10 minutes of it. And this is why I love my wife, to become one flesh. And so after 10 minutes, I'm like, I'm good. Are you good? And she's like, I'm good. We, we, we paused it, went to cool down. Yeah, we did 10 minutes of it. Come on. I was pumped we did 10. The next week, got a little stronger. 
Did 15, 15 minutes, shut that thing off. The week after that, it took a month. After 30 days, P90X, after 30 days, we were able to do 60 minutes of pointless jumping and we completed plyometrics. And when we did it, we didn't believe it was possible. But how many know when you complete something that's impossible, you're excited, you're pumped, you're going, come on, we did it. Let's never do it again. One time's good enough. But how many know we have a God in heaven? The Bible says when we say, Jesus, forgive me my sins, I fell down, I made a mistake, I messed up. The Bible says that when we ask God for forgiveness of our sins, in Isaiah, it says he forgives us of our sins, but he remembers no more. So God doesn't give third chances, fourth chances, or fifth chances. God always gives second chances over and over and over again. And so when we fall down and we quit and we say, you know what, I just did a little bit of this thing called Jesus. I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm calling it quits. God says, I'm right here. Will you get back up? Will you try it again? I'll give you a second chance. And we will get to completion in Christ Jesus. Every time we did it, the more we did it, the stronger we got. That is how you develop that perseverance. That is how you say, I can do all things. I can do this thing through Christ who gives me strength. James chapter 1, it says this, verse 3 through 4, because you know that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Paul begins to write to Timothy. He said, godliness with contentment is great gain. It's great gain. I want to challenge you today. You can do all things, but not only can you do the things that you're going through, but God is calling you something greater God is calling you something better, and God has placed a purpose on your life. And I'm excited that God's going to give you the strength to get through it. Write this down if you're taking notes. I want you to put it on your mirror. Make an iPhone wallpaper. Put it somewhere, all right? Tweet this, Facebook this, but I want you to write this down. I am content in life because I am complete in Christ. I am content in life. I am satisfied. I don't need the greatest thing. I don't need this. I don't need everything to line up. God, I'll make you a deal. If you make this happen, I will serve you. Mature and complete says, I am content in life because I am complete in Christ. I know who Jesus is, and he loves me. I know God. I found freedom. I've discovered my purpose, and now I'm going to make a difference for Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Man. How many have heard of Mother Teresa? When she was about 36 years old, she did about a dozen years of ministry already. And she began to find herself saying, you know what? I believe there's more for my life. And so the, uh, in one of her journals, she took a 400-mile train ride to get alone with God. And on this train ride, she said, God, what's, what's my next step? What do you have for my life? And God began to speak to her on that train. And God said, you are to live amongst the people in Calcutta, India, you're going to live amongst the poor, and you're going to live amongst the people that you serve. You're going to live in the slums, and you're going to do that for the rest of your life. And when she heard that, she didn't hear, oh, man, I'm going to be poor. i, I got to live in the slums, and it's not going to be nice. When she heard that, she said she was so ecstatic 
that God spoke to her. She was so content in knowing that God had a plan for her life. So she went back from that train ride back to the priest in her house, and she said, Sir, I believe God spoke to me, and I'm going to go to Calcutta, India, and I'm going to make a difference. The only way I know how is just serving people. It's just serving them, living amongst them, and being their friend. And the priest in the home said, No, I don't bless that. You need to stay here. And she was surprised by that. She said, Okay, and and she said, I really believe God spoke to me. But she had a mantra that you begin to read in her journals. You begin to see it uh, online. You can even find it. But her mantra was, no problem. God has spoken, and I'll refuse him nothing. No problem. God has spoken. I'll refuse him nothing. And so she kept going back to the priest and just saying, hey, I believe in the, the persistent widow. And so she went back to the priest and she said, sir, I don't need support. I don't need money. I just need you to bless me. I need you to get out of my way so I can do what God has called me to do. And in those meetings of trying to persuade him, the other nuns became jealous. And she said, because Mother Teresa is meeting with him so much, I think she's having an affair with him. I think she's having sexual relations with him. So they begin to gossip. How many know she wrote in her journal, when God spoke to me, the next 18 months became living hell. Became difficult. But she was still saying, no problem. No problem. God has spoken. I'll refuse him nothing. Finally, about a couple months, the priest finally said, sure, you can go but you got to talk to the bishop. So she goes to the bishop, it was over him, and the bishop says, no way are you going. I'm not sending you alone to India. So she began to write letters, and in those letters, she began to write, I am content with Christ. Will you let me go? Will you let me go? I want to yield to the things of God. And it took a year and a half for her to get to India. When she gets to India, she's living in the slums. She's living in these poor conditions that she would get sick constantly. But here's about Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, you're sick. Take a sick day. She'd say, no problem. God has spoken, and I'll refuse him nothing. So she would serve in the slums and begin to minister and just love on people, do life with individuals. And then in 1997, nobody knew who she was. Nobody knew what she was doing. But in 1997, she received a Nobel Peace Prize and overnight became a celebrity. And how many know photographers are trying to get her? She's on the news. She's everywhere. She is a celebrity. And what is she saying? No problem. God has spoken and I will refuse him nothing. How many know she had true contentment because she was complete in Christ. I am content in life because I am complete in Christ. Next month, on October 28th, I've been married 10 years. Come on, I know, right? I did it. I did it. But if you're married longer than 10 years, 10 years is nothing. It's a blink of an eye, boom, 10 years. We're excited for 20, 30 40, let me think, 50 <laughs> years of marriage. I remember when I was uh, in high school, even this week, begin to hear in the news with the different tragedies going on in the world. The end of the world is coming. It was actually yesterday, and we're still here, right? End of the world's coming. We've been hearing that a lot lately. 
I remember a, a preacher came up to me when I was in high school and he said, are you ready for Jesus to come back? I said, no. He said, why, you need to get your life right with Jesus? I said, no, I need to get married. And he looked at me and I said, Jesus better not come back on my wedding day. When I say I do and he shows up, I will be very upset. Because I mean, if you're single here, we're looking for the one. How do you know who's the one? It's the one who says, I do, and you put a ring on it. That is the one for your life. And the single people said, hey, right? But when we got married on my wedding day, we were able to do some vows. We just did a beautiful wedding a couple weeks ago. I've officiated as a pastor, my wife and I, many beautiful weddings, many that are here, and many to come. Can I get a... Hey, be fruitful, multiply, y'all. Tough crowd. Why are you red? But during a sacred ceremony as a pastor, I love reading, love is patient, love is kind, love shall not envy, does not boast, keeps no record of wrong. But I love the vows portion of it. And I want to remind you what those vows are here at Avenue Church. And this is what the vows say. It would say, Dear Lindsay, I take you as my wife to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or worse, for richer or poor, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until you kill me, until death do we part, always keeping God the center of our marriage. This I promise to you. When we say those vows, we say those vows before God. We say those vows before friends and family, before a minister. We say, Jesus, I commit my life to this woman. I commit my life to this man. And it's a promise that we make. How many know the same thing needs to be said with our relationship with God? That if I'm going to be content in life and complete in Christ, see, contentment is not... Contentment is an attitude. And we choose every day to have an attitude of thanksgiving, every day to say, you know what, I am in Christ, that whatever I'm going through today does not dictate my relationship with Jesus. But for many of us today, we need to say this prayer. We say, dear Jesus, from this day forward, for better or for worse, I'll still serve you. If, it, if I become a Christian and it gets better, awesome. But if I become a Christian and it gets worse, I'm still going to serve you. Just because we become Christian doesn't make life easier, but it becomes better because we know that God is with us. We know that we can get through it through Christ who strengthens us. For richer or for poor. Do we say, God, I'm going to serve you, but... Maybe I'll live a generous life or a rich life and have no need or, or maybe I'll encounter tragedy and, and be poor and all these things. God, whatever, you, whatever it is, richer or poor, I'll still serve you. In sickness and in health, that we believe God heals. We believe God does the supernatural. There's a lot of what if, what God, what if, why don't, God, why won't you heal me? Why won't you heal that person? But regardless, in sickness and in health, I will serve you. To love and to cherish until death. Because Paul said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. 
You have nothing to lose. It's all for his praise and his glory. Will you stand with me, please? And here's how Paul ends this amazing book of Philippians chapter 4. He says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Let me pray over you today. Let me pray over you today. Father, I thank you for this word. Father, thank you for the secret of contentment. Now, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that we begin to walk out of these doors completely satisfied in Christ Jesus. That God, I pray today that we begin to know God and in knowing you, we begin to find freedom. That Father, I pray that we can be content in life because we're complete in Christ. That Father, I pray today, help us to become mature and complete, lacking nothing in Jesus' name. That if you're here today, you might say, you know what, Pastor, I, I, I've made some mistakes. Pastor, I've, I've, I've taken my mind off of God. Pastor, I've, uh, uh, my life is a wreck without God. I have not been content. I've not been satisfied. I've never truly given God the controls to my life. I know church, but I don't know God. I've once been close, but I've drifted away. I've grown cold. I want to ask you today, will you pray the prayer with me? Will you today make a vow before you and before God? I'm going to ask you just a moment, will you raise your hand to say, hey, that is me. I need to make that prayer. I need to make that vow before God today. I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you to say, hey, you be here forever. I would love that. But what's more important to me is your relationship with Jesus Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if that is you here today, raise your hand and say, I need to pray that prayer. I need to say a bow before God. Yes, thank you. Yes, 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 thank you. Come on, yes. Come on, give a, come on, give God a praise. That's a lot of hands. And that's amazing what God is doing. Let me pray over you. Repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me right where I'm at. I give you my life. Forgive me my sins and wash me clean. You were raised to life. Now raise me to new life. From this day forward, for better or worse, for richer or poor, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until death. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give him a prank. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to know more details, you can visit our website at avenuechurch.cc or follow us on social media at Avenue LV Church. Thanks for coming. We'll see you next week.